And we're here. Look who it is. It's us. We're it's still in the weird ear thing that we always are because we've been doing this for a number of years it's only now. Been and three years. We haven't have no cracked this any out technical. Yet. A lot of times people say, hey, I could come and help you with that. And no, it wouldn't. It's you not couldn't. Gonna happen. It's not going to happen. I know you think you could. Yeah. No. Have you ever heard the expression pissing into the wind? Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So I'm Dennis Hensley. And I'm Tony Tripoli. And this, this is, is the, the podcast. Yeah, it's the comedy, the comedy couch. That's how we do this. That's right. And, um, we uh, just had one two weeks ago. I just I feel like. We just so got fresh. done we used doing to do, a podcast. We used to do more than we would do yeah. a lot, but life's busy. This is also going to be the last one for July, so I'm just laying that out right now. Right? You see that as a reality? Because yeah. are, where are you going? We have a couple of weeks off um, yeah. from the fashion police, and right. you're venturing away to... Well, let's see. Today is, uh, what is this? Saturday, July, is it the 7th? Yes. Um, uh, and uh, next weekend... I, uh, I fly to Chicago Tuesday after the taping, spend the night in Chicago because I have to be on an early flight uh, Friday morning to get from Chicago to Columbia, South Carolina, which is like you have to, take right. a, to change planes okay. somewhere, um, which is a very small town where I'm opening for Joan Rivers on Friday the 13th right. uh, in Columbia, South Carolina. But it's on nice. the university campus and it's part of their gay pride week. So I think it's going to be it'll be fun, a super fun time. And my little brother and his fiance are going to drive two hours to beat the show. So that'll be really amazing. Cool. And then the next day, uh, I fly to Louisville, Kentucky, Saturday the 14th. Oh, the Louisville And have situation. the Kentucky Fairness Alliance show, which is just me. I uh, love that you're playing in these really interesting different places. Yeah, they're getting life lessons. Then I'll come on back here. Yeah. We'll do Fashion Police Monday the th- to Thursday. And then uh, Friday the 20th and Saturday the 21st, I'm in Boston at the club cafe uh with uh america's premier joan rivers impersonator joe posa right and uh, i know some couch potatoes are coming and they're gonna sit at a I table right you, who goes first you or the or he Posha. opens it's fake joan opens for me wow that's exciting. as opposed to me opening for yes, real joan that's a nice and then twist. bean town yes and then i go to uh new york Right. For like four days and okay. then come back here only to drive to San Diego for my stepsister's wedding. That's right. I'll be there That's the happening. 28th. Okay. The 29th. Then I'll drive back down and then I'm going to go to Vegas Monday through Thursday that week, that first week in August. Okay. Um, and the dancer from Mexico, Jacobo, yes. is meeting me. We're meeting in Vegas and we're I just going to have a couple days in Vegas. We're going to see Celine Dion love at it. Caesar's Palace. Her scaled down show, which I've heard nothing about. I can't wait. I've That'll got be good. tickets in the fifth row, and I cannot wait. Now, and then we'll Hukobo, see. Is sir. he working there, doing anything, or is he just? He has up? to come into Miami for an audition. Wow. Uh, and so was like, why don't you meet me in Miami? And I was like, well, the way the flights worked, I wouldn't get in until late Monday night or early Tuesday morning, and then I had yeah. to turn around and leave Thursday morning. Yeah. And I was like, what about Vegas? If you fly to Vegas, then you can come back with me and stay in LA a couple days. Yeah. And, you know, do some classes and LA stuff before right. he goes back he, to Lots Mexico. of Vegas dancing, lots about right. the dance. So he likes that That's exciting. Idea. I think I'm going to go to New York after, uh, during our July break and see uh, my friend Scott Hinson is in a play. In New York? In, in the Hamptons. But it's an equity oh, cool. gig. Yeah, it's a big deal. And I what think I What dates are you that. talking about? I'm there the I 22nd to the 25th. feel like... We it'll be like maybe the twenty third, twenty fourth, twenty fifth, right in there. It would be amazing if we overlap. We could overlap, New York but maybe podcast. go see some friends or shows or something like yeah. that. I want to see Aaron's baby. Yeah. Um, and uh, but I've I've got to figure out my dates and such. All right. But that's the plan. Ooh, speaking of dates. Yes. When we last 
podcasted. Oh, you were having a date with someone that you see yes, in the world. Frequently. I see in the world, and gosh, it seems so silly now. Oh, okay. You know. So it's the laughter. It seems so dumb now. But anyway, this person I see in the world was, I, I'd liked for a long time, but he had a rela- he was in a relationship. Mm. Then I found out he wasn't in a relationship, so we were going to hang out. We we're going to go to Dirty Dancing um, Under the Stars as part of the L.A. Film Festival. It's in this place called L.A. Plaza. So I went down to my friend Rebecca's place, and she went with us. And then this person, we'll call him... Um, Chuck? Chuck. We'll call him Chuck. Chuck had a friend named Mark who was also going to join us. So it was the four of us. And I was just kind of, I, was, I think, you know, when uh, people run for president, they send out an exploratory committee. I was sending yeah. out an exploratory committee sure. on this guy. And, uh, but it was one of those nights that has a million different chapters. There was the layout at the pool. And then there was, we go get, like, food for the picnic, then we walk up there, then we take the Angel's Flight trolley up one street, Ah. and we're right there at the plaza. I've never taken that trolley. Have you taken it? No, not interested. 50 cents. It's charming. Okay. Well, also, it was the way to get from where we needed to be. Right, right, right. Like, it was the smart, smart thing to do. Not just a cute photo op. And not just named after my favorite disco clothing of the 70s. Mm. Um, I bought another one of those ads, by the way. So now I have two. I have to dig it out so you can read it. Remember when you read the uh, copy for my Angel's yeah. Flight print ad? Yeah, I have another one. But anyways, um, so it was one of those nights that had a lot of different chapters. And then after the movie, we went back to Rebecca's. And my friend Guy and his friend, let's call him Hal, because uh, I'm, I'm not crazy about Hal, and when Guy was coming and bringing Hal, I texted Guy and I'm like, I texted Guy and I'm like, Hal can't hit on Chuck. Like, because Hal kind of gets drunk and weird and is like, and I'm mm. like, that, I have to shut that shit down right yeah. now. So what happened was. I, that's a really good boundary. Proactive I like thing. That. I was like, text. Yeah. You know, so I'm all through the night. I'm feeling out uh, Chuck to see what, you know, where is whatever and. Um, we have a nice time together in the group for sure. It's super fun. And um, I find out the reason his relationship broke up was that he he had been in it in a long time. He wasn't feeling it as deeply as the other person. Right. And he did something to sabotage it, he, sa- he said. And I don't know what exactly that was or okay. whatever, but that's what he did. And then Sounds it like ended. the newsroom. I know. It sounded like the newsroom, but it also sounded like that's not the most uh, – doesn't make you like somebody, but he's honest. So right. that was cool. And, and um, so um, Mark, Chuck's friend, is in a long-distance relationship with somebody in the Midwest. Uh-huh. And it's hot and heavy. And they go back and forth once or twice a month. And the guy's going to eventually move here. And the guy is selling his house to come and be with him. And I really like this guy, Mark. He's sure. fun and nice and all of that stuff. Well, he has a little flirtation with Guy, just a little chemistry. And they've had a few drinks or whatever. And Guy is also in a long-distance relationship uh, with somebody, but I think their boundaries are more open or whatever. But they're kind of getting along. I don't, they're not yeah. making out or anything like that. Well, Guy sees me talking to Chuck. This is near the end of the night. So Guy sees me talking to Chuck kind of And are quietly. you the only one that hasn't had a drink? Yes. So it's I one of those that, nights. I, I feel like that factors in. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if Rebecca drank. She might have. I think she did a little. But um, so She's a lesbian. You can't tell. Yeah, you don't know. They're tough. They're really tough to crack. Those, yeah, they can hold their liquor. For sure. And Unless uh, they can't. Because I hear yeah, that like a they, dinosaur weekend right, is fights. like 
A d- dinosaur weekend yes. is like alcohol poisoning, broken glass, uh, chairs hospitals. flying. Yeah. So yeah. But anyway, so guy sees me chatting with Chuck, and he knows that I like him. So he tries to get Mark to go with him, so that he tries to get Mark to go because Mark and um, right. Chuck he was wrote together. To get Mark anyway, He's trying to get Mark out of the way. Now it's noble. Meanwhile, Chuck is trying to keep Mark from fucking up his relationship in a drunken moment of whatever. So there's these two little camps with different agendas going on. Yeah. And and you're conflicted because you agree with both of them. I agree with both of them, and I sort of caused both of them, but I don't also have the nerve to come out and say to Chuck, look, I like you. I'm interested in you. Right. Like, I don't have the nerve to do that. Uh, and maybe it's for the best in ah. retrospect. Um, so... Uh, um, Oh, I'm going to say something really embarrassing. So we were all sitting around in the hot tub, and somebody decided to call it the Whirlpool of Truth, and people were just saying stuff, sure. talking about co- growing up and college See, this is and why, affairs. this is why not everything needs a title yeah. and, a, and a summer of sa- – what is that called? A slogan? <laughs> it's a summer of sa- – a, th- a summer of suck it. I know, theme. I didn't invent that world. See, the hot tub doesn't even need a theme. This well, is the problem. Well, it got a theme. Sometimes it, themes, The theme got us into trouble. It so sure did. The night's going on. I'm st- I still kind of like this guy for sure, but I can't quite get a read on where he's at or if he's interested in mm-hmm. me. Uh, I re- it really could be – for me, I'm so clueless at this point that it could be like, oh, yeah, what are you waiting for? Of course, it's right, on. Right, it in. To, are you crazy? Like, what do you think <laughs> – like, it could go – I'm, I can't even narrow it down to. Is it? Be, it's like when you've overthought something so much, yes. you can't even remember what are facts and a, yes. what are theories. And, and also yeah. because I see this person regularly, I like it's like the sixth sense where you flash back in that moment. Well, he said I was handsome four weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Right. He thought that was your name, and he forgot. But anyways, so we talk about this whirlpool of truth. So the whole uh, guy doesn't get Mark to go with him. Right. And I walk down with all of them, and I'm saying goodbye to them, and I feel like I'm gonna say to chuck something like i'm interested i feel like i need to i yeah. should after this whole odyssey i mean we've gone back to the 80s with dirty dancing we've taken a train we've got truth we've eaten we've you know it's a whole thing and <laughs> i'm embarrassed to even say it but um so like it's one of those moments where i'm, I'm gonna bring up where i'm gonna say oh speaking of whirlpool of truth blank i'm interested in you right. or whatever something like that so i go so when people are kind of mingling by the car, I kind of have them by myself. I say, speaking of Whirlpool of Truth, and then the city goes silent. Dead quiet. Everyone wanted to know what you were... And I just went... Uh, uh, I, I don't even know what I was talking... I, br- I brought up some other thing. Like, uh, um, you're going to want to take the 10 instead of the 110. Like, I don't know what you I You Christy McNichol did? I, I guess, yeah. What did that mean? I don't know. I just imagine her yes. as like choking. Like I all choked. But the world went quiet. There was a, yeah. a record scratch. It's like that bad sitcom, Empty Nest, that she was on. Yes. I just all of those things where I was on a date, and then everyone stopped Ugh. talking, and I just told them to take the tin. Yeah. And then they left, and I just remember walking back into Rebecca's place with Rebecca, and I'm like, oh, that was more. That was high school mortifying. But, but it wasn't. Mortifying would be as if you say yeah, something, thing. and then he's like, what? Ugh. And laughs, or is like crazy, you know. What was mortifying is mortifying. the whole sort of my whole sort of what was going on in me the all, sure. whole night that you were building up to Hughes this movie? thing. Yeah. yeah. And so um, the next time I saw him at uh, when I saw him, we sort of hung out and had um, uh, a 
drink or a coffee or whatever. And um, we were kind of recounting the night and he was like, oh, I almost, I can't believe Mark. He almost went with Guy and I didn't want that to happen. And I say, I really had to fight that. And I said, well, and, and then Mark told me that Guy told him that Mark needed to go with Guy because it looked like you and I were hitting it, hitting it off. Like he said that. Uh-huh. But he didn't, but before that he had brought up this other guy that he had cruised that morning in a meeting that was really cute and he showed me pictures. So already I'm fucking confused. And so, but then he mentions that and when he mentions that Guy had said that, it, I couldn't tell if he liked that idea or right. didn't like it or what it was. It was just reporting. And I was just taking it all in. I was like, oh, that's weird. And did you say, and how do you feel about that? No. How did that make you feel? I didn't, and I should have, and I felt like I should have. But this whole time I'm thinking, I think I did that thing again where I projected qualities onto a person that yes. they don't really have. I don't think he's the guy that I thought he was. Right. So maybe I don't need to have a crush on him. And I see him regularly, and maybe I don't need to fuck that up. Right. My regular seeing of him. But there's a lot going on in this head of mine. But I did manage to say, oh, I bet I know why Guy did that. Because I texted him earlier in the evening to not let Hal hit on you. Because I know that Hal's a weirdo. And I didn't want I didn't want him weirding out people that he right. hasn't met before. So I kind of own that then part of it. Chuck said, oh, but I fucked Hal. Yeah, no. Oh, Can you that would have really... Yeah, Hal's really weirdo. I can't kind of. If you're saying it, I I, I just don't think I would yeah, make it ten seconds I, with this. You know, he can be nice, but he's also weird and whatever. Um, I love it when you say bad things about anyone because well, it's so rare. Ugh! But I was like, Hal can't hit on Chuck. So the long long story short is, Dirty Dancing holds up. And I say really? that it's good. That's the upshot? That's the point of this story? I think that's the takeaway that all lingers. Right. They're the, doing all it the on boy, Broadway. Really? All the boy drama just felt like a lot of fun summer intrigue. But didn't and it one feel of like nights. exactly what was probably going on in your life the first time you saw Dirty yes, Dancing in a movie if theater that. 30 years ago? Although, at that point, I was a virgin. Right. And so it's, it is exactly the same. <laughs> I was going to say, so it's night and day. Yeah, huh? yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I was watching the movie going, I, this movie works like gangbusters. Like, I don't know, because I haven't seen it in a long time, and I, I'm, I write now, and I, I try to write things, and I work with a writer's group, and we right. talk about screenplays, and I'm like, this movie fucking works like gangbusters. And I like that it was so idiosyncratic in its Catskill setting and the Jewishness, and they didn't whitewash away any of that sort of kind of culture from it. And the dialogue was great, and the, they were perfectly cast, and... The sister was great. And poor Jerry Arbuck doesn't know what the fuck to make of anything. He's What's always in the dark. What's interesting is I do think that if that movie were to get sold today, it wouldn't be able to be in a Jewish thing. And the, like, you know what I mean? Like, no, it has to be. It has to be more understandable, more accessible yeah. to everyone. It's be, yeah, like I felt like they didn't right. know they were making a blockbuster, and they're they are remaking it because my uh, my friend Brittany auditioned to, for Penny right. and stuff. But I've heard that they can't find the right guy so they're pushing it for like a year yeah or it really that's it's like Kenny a... Ortega's in the mix and and he was there and he introduced it and oh but the, it was the dance along version so they taught you a bit of choreography oh, and boy. you stood up and did it at the end it was really fun but they had dancers come out in front of the screen and mimic it was kind of like that Xanadu thing that I did yeah. years ago and mimic some of the big numbers and they were great and this California Plaza was really beautiful it was a magical night with a lot of John Hughes bullshit yeah. going on in my person <laughs> And uh, Patrick Swayze, I remember this headline from a Rona Barrett gossip magazine I had in the 70s. 
Patrick Swayze drives him crazy. This was when he first appeared in Skate Town, USA. All right. But anyways, I I talked a lot, but the movie's good, and it was a fun night. It is a good movie. That's the upshot with Chuck. All right. But but I haven't seen Chuck since that that uh, coffee yeah. conversation. So I'm letting it I'm letting it cool, you know. Whatever. He, I'm sure he's. You're being aloof. Pre- I'm totally, I love you hard to get. I'm playing impossible to get. Um, and uh, that's the upshot. I was complaining in the last podcast. Let me be more specific. Right. About uh, a date that I had the night before. Uh, it was a really good date until the guy's boyfriend showed up and joined us on the date. Right. And that was new even for me. And uh, and I forget where you were at. We were at Mickey's. Oh, right, right, We right. went um, to say this comic was leaving town, and that sort of was like a good party. party. Right. So after my date turned out to have a boyfriend who he's like, well, but I'm moving out, and I'm, you know, I feel like I need some time apart from him. And, and I was like, yeah, but you need to tell him that stuff first before yeah. you start lining up new dates. Right. Um, but there were other comics there that I knew, so it wasn't like, ugh, now it's excruciating and I'm here. Right, at least you've like, there had were a lot of people, and so, and then there was this really stunningly handsome guy, Latin guy, that was um, smiling at me, and I was smiling back, and so I ended up going over and talking to him, and right. uh, you know, we exchanged numbers. We talked for a while and exchanged numbers, and so we've now been out twice. Right on, and um, and I like him a whole lot. Like I'm really. Really surprised at how much I like this. Guy. I love it, and I so, love it. What can we call him? Well, his name is David, so we should call okay. him David. Okay, I um, like that. I like it's not a secret thing. It's no, real. I'm really working outside the box here yeah. with the real names. But um, and you know he's cool. He has he works as a personal assistant to celebrities, right? And uh, he was with Jenna Jameson for a long time. That's right. Most downloaded. Her husband Tito, and they they have twin I think right. daughters. Um and uh. He's been with, he was with some big like celebrity chef that was crazy and, you know, but so he, he has been, his last job ended in March and, um, but he's with an agency that like places chefs and chauffeurs and a personal assistant, you know, and because, uh, he's of Mexican descent and he speaks Spanish, that's really good because he can then tell the household staff what you know the mrs kathy or whatever right. wants done yeah like, it's it makes it more valuable but um god he's just really nice and handsome and very shy um but yeah so that's really really nice and we went and saw um war horse last right. night it was last night okay and um and it was so great and i was so enchanted by it and it's theatrically because it's the amazing. thing is the second act just is so preposterous and does not like nothing that happens in the second act could possibly have happened that like they meet the one little girl and the one little farm in France. Right. He runs away and joins the army and then finds that like, it's just all too, but you kind of don't even care because it's just so neat. Yeah. And, um, so puppetry is amazing. So you loved it. It was incredible. I saw the movie first. So I knew the story and I, I still appreciated the puppetry and, and the stuff like that. But I, I kept thinking about the movie and, how it was different and stuff. I think it's better to not have seen the movie. I, think. I can't imagine how the movie would be better. I don't think it with is with real horses no, because there's it's, such emotion it's in those puppets. The, the the puppets are what makes it neat, right? Yeah, and the way their ears kind of twitch and they you really understand what the puppets' dialogue is, even and though they never had. That they're, I forgot. I forgot that they're puppets. Like I started right. experiencing it, and I went with Jackie Clark. And first of all, Joey. 
Yeah. Is the horse of all horse. Joey, we decided is the Angelino Joey of horses. Where's Joey? Oh, bring back Joey. It, Everyone's in love with Joey. It's all about Joey. It's true though. It's Joey. Yeah. 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 George Clooney. Joey He's is the just, George Clooney of horses. Yeah, he just it's like Yeah. It was great though. And I, I just I so I really enjoyed that. Did and David so, like it? Was he into he it? He did, yeah. Good. And he does you know, he doesn't he doesn't go like to the theater and stuff, so right. He was really excited, and you know, we went and had like dinner first, and then yeah, it was really, it was great. It was good, so was, good know, dating, super, super nice. I know, good only, dating like, story. I know, right? I never have those. I love um, it. How old is he? Uh, that's the thing. He's he's under thirty. It's okay. I don't care. Like he's like twenty eight, but care. still, it's like, but yeah, but he's like really super like. He's just really nice. He's, yeah, he's really, you know, I don't want to say too much. That's good. Um, what did you do for the Fourth of July? I did a yoga class mm-hmm. with some people. Uh, Guy took it and John and John. So we had our little fourth and it was packed and it was loopy and it was good. It was fun. And then in the afternoon, I did I just did some reading. Oh, I've been watching Newsroom. I watched a Newsroom episode. And then that night I went to a rooftop party with Danny and Brett in oh, Hollywood. Cool. And then I wasn't really feeling the party. So I left and then I went and saw Spider-Man returns or whatever the new it is. one yes in 3d uh no but i went to the noho seven remember that sure. shithole noho seven right that's century first of all they have new seats second of all there's nobody there it's opening night and i'm like you know i have a row by myself and they have coffee like starbucks coffee drinks and all kinds of stuff you're happy i'm like this is not so shabby i'm celebrating america yeah and emma stone and uh, Andrew Garfield are really great in it. She just seems old. She seems like 23, and I think she's supposed to be like 17. Yeah. But, but they have great chemistry, and it's one of those rare superhero movies where the the interpersonal scenes are more interesting than the effects scenes. Great. It's not like, oh, just get to the neat stuff. It's yeah. more about their acting and That's that cool. stuff. Yeah. I, I, I think that Andrew Garfield is... A marvel. I want to talk about um, Newsroom, because yeah. I love it. And have you watched both of the episodes yes. that have aired? And what you in this, the yeah. most recent episode was the whole thing with like, I love that because the thing is, when she sends the email to the entire staff yeah. because she doesn't understand how their system works and stuff, I, on first glance, you're like, that's so preposterous. And she's such a smart, intelligent woman. And let me just say, as someone who works on a television show with really smart so people. Much. That is every day at the office. Well, because every day you go in and there's a new system a and you new, have to download yes. your SIM code. And you don't and, know what this means yeah, and you have to I, marry this and your new subjugation system and the confirmation yeah. and the... It's a whole lot of that. And so when they were talking about that, I was like, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah. I love that he will let the characters do something that dumb, but then they say really smart things like, did you notice when she said, who told you you could put in that SOT? Yeah. Like, they never explain what an SOT is. No, but I knew from working But we know that it's sound on tape, which is whenever you go to a clip, that, you know, it's just called an SOT. Yeah. Whether it's like the clip of your movie on The Tonight Show or like on The Soup, when they, those are, you know, that's all SOT. But uh, I thought it was really fascinating that they're talking about things, and if you don't know what that is, you'll just have to go look it up later or Google it or something. But we're not slowing down the story- Right. For you to learn some technical term, I think that's so great because there's none of that anymore in movies or especially on television. Yeah, well, I've been dealing with that because I'm writing this script about the cruise ships and I have one of the characters say, oh, give the punters a thrill. Because we used to always talk about the punters on the ships, right. the passengers. We call and, them cones. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, 
I thought, oh, people aren't going to know what that is. But you know what? They'll figure it out. And it makes right. it feel like this is a real world right. that you're getting. Because I want to make it seem like this is, uh, yes. somebody, I've lived it and you and this is what it's like. Right. Um, There's something fun so as an audience member when you have to catch up. Yeah. That's exhilarating. And so, and yes. you can figure it out. Like, I, I think that's interesting that you picked up on that because that's something I've been thinking about. Yeah. I have a favorite character on there and I forget his name. I want to say it's Jim. It's the it's the associate producer that she brought with yeah, her. Yeah, he's great. That's that's like interested he's in the great. girl. And I he's love my favorite. Dev, Patel. Dev Patel. Yeah, he's good. So he's adorable and and yeah, it's I really like that show. Um, we had our uh, on demand cable fix this week. <laughs> that's exciting. Which is we we've now. always had on demand cable. We just didn't Turns have out. a remote that could work it. It's sort so, of like the Wizard of Oz, Dennis. Oh, shit, it was right there all could along. Could have gone home anytime. Right there all along. On the fourth of July, I went and saw a certain Mary, Mr. Mr. Barry Manilow. Yes, at the Hollywood Bowl. Right. And you remember I did this little writing with him that one day uh, in the spring, and it was for this tour that he's now on although when you come to the hollywood bowl it's the symphony does the whole first act and then there's intermission and then he comes out so he only really did like 45 minutes right so it's not really the barry manilow show and it's all symphonic arrangements and so there's much less patter and stuff um still though it was great the sound was not good you could hear the symphony perfectly but like his vocals sounded like he was super, super far away. And right. it was very, did you know I the things surprised. he was going to say? Like, or did he say any of your stuff or did you know? There was know, one oh, thing, one where he talks thing about that, this? Yeah. yeah, he didn't do anything from the the regular show really. Yeah. Um, but there was one joke about being the Justin Bieber of the seventies. And yeah. Um, you know, that was, was, I was a part of, so that was kind I like of fun. Um, did you see, did you go then, backstage? Yes. We went backstage after okay. and, um, there was this really, beautiful man in, in about two people how they do it is you have a wristband you then check in at the backstage door right and they take you downstairs in groups of like four to six people okay and when you get down there you're now at the end of a line and they're then they go and get another four to six people and bring them down so it's you're not like walked down to see barry you're now walked down to start your 20 minute wait it's kind of like going on barry. star tours yes and what's interesting is, you know, the fireworks happen at after Barry leaves. And then there's like a full 30 minutes of fireworks and the symphony does all the stuff. The original, the conductor comes back. Like it's a long, he's been off stage a really long time, but you get backstage and he's still in his show outfit with his like ear monitors in. Like it's literally as if he has just walked off stage. Right. And, um, and they have their own photographer which is great. So you walk up, you have your, and they do this thing where they're like, oh, and again, remind me your name again. Oh, Dennis, that's right. It's so nice to see you. Barry, De you remember Dennis Hensley? Da -da -da -da. Right, and yeah. So that he can know everyone's name. Right. When he, of course, you know, would. Right. And, um, which is kind of humiliating if you're, like, have worked with him for a day right. and you kind of think he would remember you and now you're wondering, would he have not remembered me? Right. But, Did you, know, you say Whirlpool of Truth, Barry? Oh, I should have. <laughs> Do you remember Except me? for I don't have themes <laughs> for my evenings. Um, and so, but he was so nice. And and uh, other, you know, the people that were at the house that day were all there, part of that he works with and stuff. And everyone was super, super nice. And um, I, Tom Ford came, right. came with me. And um, they take, they have their photographer that takes a picture of you. With their camera or yes. you give them your camera? No, with their camera. Right. And then... 
it, they just emailed it to me the next day. I don't know how they had my email. Like it was very nice. Yeah. Like they're really a nice organization. And then I forwarded it to Tom and he immediately cropped himself out of the picture and sent it back and said, this is the one you can show people. So, because he doesn't want anybody seeing his picture. And he looks so good in this picture, but whatever. I think Tom looks great lately. He's I, really handsome. He looks really and good. he's doing this crazy kettlebell workouts all the time. Yeah. And yeah, he looks fantastic. And so anyway, in so front he of us did, in line, he cropped him out because he, was, he didn't want to be seen with Barry or because he didn't like the way he looked in the picture? Oh, no, because he didn't think he looked whatever the way he wanted to look in the picture oh okay so it wasn't he didn't have he wasn't having barry uh, no he loves barry he wasn't he's practically a fan alone okay that's good um that's what i was trying to clarify and uh, the seats that they gave us were right in this like clutch of hardcore fan alone oh yeah they get their advanced tickets sure they've all been on stage they've all been the woman that he picks out of the audience for the whatever number he does when he dry humps like janet does and i couldn't help myself dennis I had to go, oh, really? Well, yeah, I wrote some of the material. And they were like, wait, what? Yeah, they're going to be all over you. And I was like, well, remember the day that Whitney Houston died? Well, my phone was ringing off the hook. And then I thought it was E calling. It was the day and, Whitney Houston Yeah, died? well, Alvin was calling saying we have to wow. cut all these jokes out of the show. Yeah. And then I, so I was like, hello, because I didn't recognize a number. I thought it was E again. Right. And then he goes, uh, is this Tony? And I go, yes. <laughs> and he goes, well, this is going to sound weird. It's Barry Manilow. And I was like, oh. And so that's how the, and these fanalos loved that story. Yeah, of course. And I he's in it. and they're wearing T-shirts with the picture of them and Barry together. Yeah, but I was in his house, and they're feeling really bad about themselves now. Yeah, they're not. Which enough. is awesome. It was yeah. so awesome. But like, when he says, um, "What does he say?" Wanting to touch you. Um, when will our eyes meet? When yeah. can I touch you? Okay. So uh, yeah, when will our eyes meet? Boom. When can I touch you? All the fanalos go right now. And he holds for it. He knows it's coming. Oh, shit. They're so, ruining the best song. I know. All the fanalos go right now. And then he like rolls his eyes and is like, you know, I thought you might say that or something. Yeah. But like the rest of the Hollywood Bowl crowd, the people that don't know to say right now, suddenly start looking at the people around them like, wait a minute. You don't know? Like, there's this it, suddenly the crowd breaks into two very distinct sure. camps. But what's the percentage? I would think a handful of fanalos and most people that are no, confused. I would say it was sixty percent me, forty percent fanalos right now that want Barry Manilow to grab their big soupy tits and motorboat and they want to fuck with his penis. Right. His pussy loving penis in their multiple child having vagina. Yeah. Like that's what is hap- it's good this is the night. Right now. I wonder who started that. And you're like that's No, really... not right now. Not during that song. And so it's the key change. Yeah, so and that he was sings terrible. that line three times in the song. Do well they, they do only it do it the time? first time, no. Okay. And, right. and clearly it's just a deal that has sure, been made you know between the Barry Manilow fresh. camp yeah. and the fan. It was like, okay, yeah. he'll retard so that you can yeah. be a retard yeah. and say that line the first time. <laughs> but then you've got to fucking clamp it down for the rest of the song. Right, because, yeah. So um, we're in wow. the line to meet Mr. Manilow. Of course. And ahead of us is uh, an old black woman and her, I'm saying, daughter, perhaps caretaker. She was sure. very elderly. Very Miss Jane Pittman. Okay. Okay. Very Cicely Tyson in The Help. Right. And now in front of those two people are four homosexuals. And you can tell by the way they're dressed. One of whom is Michael Feinstein. Okay. And then there is a very tall, very slim man in a gray three-piece suit that is staggeringly handsome. 
but I'm only getting like profile shots. And I say to Tom, that guy in the gray suit looks like Cheyenne Jackson, but he's not because Cheyenne is like bigger and like bald, like he's like hunky, not fat or chunky, but like he's like stockier, but I mean that in a good way. I'm not, right. you know what I'm saying? But like, and this guy was really very tall and slim and he goes, it is Cheyenne. I go, it's not. I bet it is because he sings with Feinstein. is so slim and also this guy in the profile shots, there's no, I mean, I know Cheyenne isn't my age, 42, but he's 40. Like he's close to, right? And this guy looked like he was like 25. Like it's not. And we're arguing. And then he turns around and we get a full face shot and it is. Yeah. And he looks, I think the word is glorious, Dennis. It literally was like, wait, what? Yeah. And so I turned to Tom to go, I fucking hate him. Like, I can't believe how good he looks. And then I feel a hand on my shoulder and I look up and it's Cheyenne Jackson. And he goes, hey, I know you. We've we've spoken before at the gym. And I go, no, Cheyenne. No, we haven't. And he goes, yeah, you're a comedy writer. You're really funny. Joan Rivers, right? Don't you work for Joan Rivers? (gasps) Wow. Does he go to the gym? I didn't even know he lived here. So I'm like, um, no, but like, it must have happened. Dennis. Like he couldn't yeah. know that. Right. And like, I just, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, look, I know he has this husband. Sure. I know they've been together forever and right. they have a house in the fucking Hamptons or whatever. But I'm like, like Cheyenne Jackson, I fucked me. He shined on you. Like he, Tom was like, he, I fucked you. Like it was, awesome. I'm not imagining it. That's amazing. And I know I want it to be true. Did you get a picture with him? But like, I, I thought Miss Jane Pittman was going to be like, God damn. Like, yeah. it was everybody knew. And no. And then he was just gone in a flash. Wow. And yeah, it's like I, only, I could you only piece it together. <sighs> so then I just tweeted him because we're Twitter. We already sure. follow each other. Yeah. And I just tweeted something like, you have no idea what you did to me tonight. Hashtag forever grateful or something yeah. like lame and way more humiliating than your and then the whole world stopped talking yeah story so the point of that story is that's a great story Barry Manilow only did 45 minutes but he was great and then I humiliated myself in front of Cheyenne Jackson no you had a Cheyenne Jackson moment where he knew it was like it was staggering though how beautiful he looked and so whatever so that's I have his CD with um, Michael Feinstein I have it and they sing an Indigo Girls song called The Power of Two oh I like that that song I know it's beautiful the way they do it um, that's cool. Yeah. Were the fireworks spectacular? Yeah, they're really neat. Yeah, you they know? deliver. It, it's, the yeah. Like, here's the thing. I'm, you get spoiled at Disneyland. Yeah. Because, like, the fireworks go right to the music, and there's, mm-hmm. like, then they give you, like, some When You Wish Upon a Star or the Little Mermaid ballad that's, like, yeah. sweeping and has a mo- You know, I mean, God Bless America, obviously, yeah. is super emotional, but it's kind of, like, Disneyland gives you, like, 40 minutes of, like... You yeah. know what I mean? So then when you're sitting there at the Hollywood Bowl, they're, I mean, they're really good, yeah. but you just kind of, I get spoiled. Sure. But uh, we have to talk about the Anderson Cooper coming out. Okay, why? Because yeah. um, I had had it with him. Yes. He came out right when I had had it with him. And I... Well, he came out post. I've had it with him. Well, I had really had it with him. Mm-hmm. Because he was on uh, the Kathy Griffin show. Mm-hmm. And I caught a bit of that while I was at work. And he was telling this anecdote 
This was before he came out. And he was telling this anecdote about some guy recognizing him on the airplane and trying to take secret photos. Right. And he was like, and I was like, bitch, please. And I was like, I hit the desk and I'm he like, said the words, yes, bitch, please. you can't say bitch, please. And then pretend you're a fucking journalist because, and you're serious. And also that's from that's Rodney's catchphrase from the A-list New York. Yeah, like Rodney. Yeah, co-opted that. So you can't take but, you can't say Rodney's catchphrase and right. have an illusion of heterosexuality. I think that was the you're either strong, with us or you're against us. You can't <laughs> exactly. You can't say bitch, please. No, you cannot. And then want your people to respect your privacy. That's my point. Right. You can't yes. buy a firehouse with a hot Puerto Rican. Yeah. And want people to respect your privacy. Right. Like you can't. No. So. Welcome yeah. to the fold. I mean, I'm look. It's a good thing. Yes. it's only a good thing, but it's also not the same as the people that did it when they had more to lose. You know, it's like right. No, and he he did that thing better late than never, but just not off. that much. With, I, they do that thing that always pisses me off, which right. is that I was always well, out, I was out, and like you know, that, yeah. of course, big deal. That doesn't we don't care. Right. But anyways, but he's gotten so sassy with his Bravo appearances and his mm-hmm. Regis and Kelly's and stuff that I think, you know, it had to happen. So I would love to know the behind the scenes of that. Yeah. Just because like the sh- after watching that Shelley Wright documentary. Yeah. Like he didn't he wasn't just having an email conversation with Andrew Sullivan and then said, oh, Bitch, please go ahead and just print it. Like that was not <laughs> what what I would. What I'm I going like down to the imagine fire is... pole with my husband. Bitch, please. Yeah. <laughs> like, what I like not... to imagine is he was e- emailing Andrew Sullivan, and but you're sending a lot of message. I don't know what you're talking about, Andrew. You said bitch, please on the Kathy show. I did. Yes, you did. You want me to get the tape? No, I trust you. Okay, I'm gay. Like, I really yeah. feel like it was being told that you said bitch please you on know what? television. I would love to find out someday that it all You got be, me. It was all me. bitch please. He <laughs> walked off the set that day and they were like, well, now you're out. He was like, what? And they're like, Andy, you said bitch please. <laughs> no, I could. Andy, like, we have Howard Bragman waiting in the car downstairs. You bitch pleased it. You bitch pleased yourself. And <laughs> right now we closet. are in damage control. Yeah. <laughs> we have maybe, maybe four days to put this fire out. It's bitch please gate. Don't, didn't I say, didn't, don't somebody get this, please get no. this bitch away said, from me? Bitch, please. No, I couldn't have. Yeah, I said, and I'm not going to even, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I said, you didn't anyone eyebrow. teach you to say, please, no. bitch? You Wasn't said, bitch, it? please. You kind of no, sang it. No, I couldn't it. have. You sang it, I'm Andy. on CNN. I'm a well, news guy. We have Howard, you can talk to have Mr. Oh, Bragman. Oh, fuck a duck. Oh, fuck bitch, a duck. Please. Oh, fuck a duck. Okay. It would be easier <laughs> if you did fuck ducks. <laughs> Frankly. <laughs> from a PR standpoint, that would be an easier sell. In yeah. this economy. I also do think that uh, celebrities coming out, and this is a tired subject, but I do think it's, I think they're obsessed with their saga and stuff like right. that. So when they, they think everyone's as obsessed, and it is a big deal, and it can make or break your career, but I, know, I do but think it, it's a sort of uh, right perfect storm of nar- narcissism. I think it's a perfect storm of narcissism. Uh, yeah, where but they I, think it's uh, everyone's obsessed with their journey. I kind of way. don't fault them that, yeah. because... Anderson Cooper is on, you know, CNN, what, three or four hours a day, and does the talk show. So he's literally gets out of bed, whatever, goes to the gym, has a fucking smoothie. Uh, (laughs) Then he gets into a waiting car. Yeah, muscle. And then gets into a waiting car. Yeah. And 
drives. By the way, that was my favorite joke that I really tried to get Joan to do when we were talking on Fashion Place about when Madonna flashed her tit. Yeah. Someone had the joke. Oh, so that's where muscle milk comes from. <laughs> and I think that is the funniest fucking joke. Isn't that hilarious? And it's Joan true. just didn't get it wasn't yeah. going to happen. But yeah. I think that is such a smart joke. Yeah. Anyhow, but he gets into a waiting car and goes to the set and then runs to a meeting and then gets across town to the other. You know what I mean? Like yeah. His life is so regimented and is so everyone's saying yes to Anderson because it's like we've got to get the show. You yeah. know that that narcissism then is kind of going to happen. Right. Because you're an industry that keeps a lot of people working. Sure. And so you just assume everyone cares about your business. And like, yeah, Barry, you know, he really loves to spend time at home. And then when he goes to work, it's like 10 or 20,000 people that when he goes, when can I touch you? They scream right yeah. now. Like, you sort, you know, you live in a world of artifice, and that's—I mean—he's a wonderful guy. I'm not in any way slamming him. That's part of the human condition right. that when you live in that kind of, the you know, you know, Kate. Like everyone says, this Katy Perry movie is really—I loved it—amazing because you really get the sense of what it's like to just be on the road for yeah. like a year, and like yeah. I don't care how many when those days were when those days were demand, ticking it's by. Still, I was like, oh my god, that's still yeah. Not the same as coming home and sleeping in your own bed. And I know yeah. we all bitch about my life is so boring and I've never been to, but like, she's not really going to France. Yeah. She's working her ass off three or four hours a night. Yeah. In a way that people don't work at their office. Yeah. Like, it's just not the same. It's. I love that movie. Yeah. I saw it on opening night. You know the controversy I put three with the glasses. glasses over my glasses. Why? Why? Apparently, the glasses are the exact glasses that Lolita wears in the movie. Oh, from like, the heart, like the heart shaped yeah. glasses. And so now it's all these little girls across the country are going to be sitting in movie theaters right. wearing Lolita glasses. Love it. Which is like the ultimate symbol of pedophilia. You yeah. know, like I think that's kind of a kind of a, a funny. Fun t- but little... that makes perfect sense with Katy Perry because Lolita. It's also kitschy, pinuppy. Thing. Right. I mean, I get the young girls, whatever. Right. But they, we didn't have those kind of glasses. We just had regular black. Oh, ones. so that wasn't at. That's not at every movie. It's no. only at like the press screenings. No, and only stuff. the ones in Utah, I guess. Ah, where no, the I don't know. Whores. But it's a really good movie. I loved her even more than I already do. And they, uh, I want to see it. She goes through the ringer with the Russell Brand stuff. That's interesting. It's brave. It to makes show you that feel stuff. good. Yeah. And they have a lot of interesting footage of her earlier days and her the way she got kicked around mm-hmm. by labels and. Um, I like finding out someone didn't just show yeah. up one day and hit overnight. That's no, good. No, it's it's well made. It's a good movie. I'm I gonna just see smiled Magic the whole Mike time tonight. I loved tonight. it. So I saw good. it on opening night mm-hmm. after hanging out at the Summer of Sass headquarters, and uh, it was packed downtown. Mm-hmm. A lot of women with their a lot of yeah, like, ladies night out. out, and yeah. some guys and dates. But we kind of were like. We we kind of had a later dinner and we got there a little late. We were down in the third row. Like we, it was no joke. It was packed. Well, um, I'm already annoyed because in the trailer, when they like take off the fireman's hat, they throw it in the audience, and you can't do that. No, already, anything you, you throw in the audience, you ain't getting back. I know. I thought and that. I during... just I'm like, that's I'm already calling bullshit. As a yeah. former Chippendale, like yeah. you would maybe have like a tie. That's like just a strip of fabric that you throw the tie in the audience every yeah. night because you're not planning to get it back. It's not even real, mm-hmm. like you know. But like you can't be throwing your big clunk and big clunky metal fireman's hat could hit someone. It's a lawsuit it's a waiting lawsuit. to happen. Like I just you no. can't take these kinds of Risks. liberties in a film. But I really like the movie. Um, Danny described it best. He says it's a 
people think they're getting a summer movie, but it's really a fall movie, um, which kind of makes sense to me. It's kind of mm-hmm. um, nothing outrageous happens. It's not melodramatic. It's kind of a slice of life thing. And it reminded me of a lot of Saturday Night Fever about this guy who's in this world right. and is kind of the king of this world and then realizes I should want, I need to want more. I need to, you know, it's sort of existential that way. And it, uh, Dave White's review was amazing on um, his, I think it's movies.com, but he said that the whole thing has hepatitis. It does have that look, that awful look. Like it's not, the club scenes kind of pop and look good right. and they're exciting, but the whole movie looks like it's got, you know, jaundice. Good. It's kind of grody that way. And, but there was a moment when they came out and started taking off their clothes where you were like titillated in a way that I haven't been in a movie in a while where you're like, I'm excited and this is sexy and it felt different. Um, so I'm glad it's doing well. And Matthew McConaughey goes for it. I I would love, I want to leave the theater loving him again because I remember loving him in the time to kill era and, He's, I, you know, he is a really talented actor. I mean, it's, it's, it's like Tom Cruise. Yeah, he's so talented, but you let yourself get bogged down with all this bullshit. Yeah, but like Born on the Fourth of July, like Tom Cruise is a really, really talented actor. I loved him and in Rock of Ages. I think he's a good so, movie star. Yeah. So, but that whole divorce is I like, know. it just keeps getting weirder and crazy. I haven't been following it that much except for the big People magazine story. I um, but good for her for getting up the courage. I have a story about it. Last Friday. I uh, had to go to San Jose because I was doing this charity event for my friend Erica for her charity. And they had gotten Kevin Pollack, uh, right. the actor and comedian who was in a few good men with Tom Cruise yes. uh, to come. And he was headlining and he was going to do stand up for their event. They wanted me to open for him and then also do uh, the auction. And I said, good, because I'm pushy and obnoxious and I will get some money for this charity. And so they were hoping to raise $5,000 with the charity items. And I brought in $16,800. So they were very happy with Mr. Tripoli. Um, but I, you know, it, the story broke at like noon that day. Right. It was a Friday. And so I went out on stage and I was like, well, first of all, I just want to say I almost had to cancel tonight. I almost couldn't come. I got a last minute audition uh, for the role of... Uh, Katie Holmes' next gay husband. And it was, I'm telling you, it was a big cattle call. Like every faggot in town was at this audition. It was good. But after Rock of Ages now, thankfully, uh, they eliminated the singing part of the audition. So it really made things go speedy. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was, it was crazy. And, and um, I was so filthy for all of these white people. It was literally just 250 white, rich white people. And I kept saying, all right, which, which rich white people, I need some of your rich white dollars for this charity item. Yeah. Like, we're going to fucking, you know. And, um, but I was doing filthy, awful, filthy jokes, and but they were a great audience. And then Kevin Pollack was so funny. And afterwards, he was like, you are so hilarious, but you're so foul. Like, do you realize how foul you are that people, other people couldn't say that stuff and get away with it, but you really get away with it. And I think that's so cool. But he told a Tom Cruise story. Oh, really? Which was uh, when they were rehearsing A Few Good Men, Tom was writing notes in his script and he had this pen and there was something about the pen that just looked like, it looked like a fucking cool pen. And so he was like, I'm sorry, but Tom, what's up with, what's up with that pen? And he goes, oh, this is a, and he's, let's say Bradley. I don't know what the brand was. Oh no, this is a Bradley. This is, 
This is the greatest pen in the whole world. It has shock absorption in it, and it's and it's literally oh, it's like I holding a, a nice cloud. Pen. This is making me the very excited. Perfect size, and it leaves the perfect kind of ink, and it yeah. just does it. And oh. Tom was going on and on about this fucking pen, right? It's and not he was a like, pen. "Oh, it's an amazing pen." He goes, "Okay, well, I'll I'll have to get one." And he goes, "No, yeah. no, seriously, it's amazing. Here, write with it." <sighs> and he goes, "I put the pen in my hand, and I was like rolling my eyes at like this stupid pen." And he goes, and then you just slowly start to hear angels like singing yeah. in your ear. Yeah. And this pen and everything is just clearer and brighter and colors are richer and yeah. the sun shines brighter and children laughing or it's cuter. Like it really is that pen. And I go, this is an amazing pen. And I go, how much are they? And I think he said they were like $800. And so he was like, well, thanks. That's really cool. I'm going to get one someday. And he goes, I turned around. I walked away and was like, I am never getting a fucking $800 pen. Like it was yeah. over for him. Next day, on his trailer, knock, 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 opens the door. There's Tom's assistant with a little wrapped box. Yeah. And uh, he's like, I'm sorry, what? And she goes, "Uh, it's a present from Mr. Cruz. And opens it up, and it's the pen. Yeah. And Tom is like, seriously, this is the world's greatest pen. Like, the note was like, seriously, this pen is like still selling him on the pen. Because that's like his thing. When he's energetic and passionate about something, so he sends him the pen. So he loves the pen. But he writes with the pen all day. Yeah. But he realized the entire day, it didn't matter what he wrote or what work he tried to do. All he could think about was, I can't lose this pen. I don't want to put this pen down. I'm going to misplace this pen. And like, now I have this amazing Tom Cruise story, but it's, it all hinges on having the pen. If I lose the pen, I lose the story. Like, I, I can't ever use this pen so he put the pen back in the lucite box yeah. that it was in and it literally it's on a little stand in a lucite box on his mantle and the pen has like been used like once for three minutes it's never been used yeah so it's a few weeks later and they're shooting a scene and the director uh tells him something tells kevin pollock something and he goes okay let me write that down and he pulls out a regular pen and writes in his script and tom goes hey buddy where's the pen like genuinely with hurt I'm feelings. Sure, Where's the course. pen? And he goes, Tom, you gotta okay, just hear me out. You gotta understand. I don't mean to be ungrateful. I love that pen so much. Okay. But now I'm so afraid. I can't use the pen because if I lose the pen, it's like the best pen in the world. And I just I couldn't do anything. I couldn't get anything done because I was thinking about the pen. And Tom just kind of like nodded and kind of like he felt like Tom got it, but he yeah. was like, you know, it's rude when someone gives you a gift to then not, you know, yeah. he didn't Next day, knock, knock, knock. Assistant, trailer door, another pen, and the card's like, now you can use this pen. Tom Cruise not only is cool yeah. enough to get you one pen, right. he gets you a backup pen so yeah. that you can use it and still not worry about losing your story. That's fucking cool. Yeah, that's an amazing story. It is an amazing I'm not, story. I'm, I'm not surprised. He yeah. always is known for doing things like that on sets, like having you know in and out burgers or whatever like really mm-hmm. like going above and beyond that's a great story and, and i want to know kevin, what that pen was i love kevin a nice has pen. uh kevin pollock has a book coming out in the fall and it's something about my journey to the middle yeah or something um and he told a couple of stories and he's like now you're never gonna buy my book really get the book because yeah. they were really great dinner party stories anecdotes about celebrities and stuff and movies he worked on and he, he did a lot i yeah, interviewed it's, him it's he, amazing. he was one of my first interviews for detour and it was for a few good men and he was the only person in that cast that wasn't super famous at the time yeah it was a, me and everybody oh yeah he he yeah. was like you know it was like right to the fucking the big leagues right. and he had no business being there and and but yeah he and he also looks kind of like great like 
I guess I expected him to be kind of old and haggard and what yeah he looks he has a 30 year old girlfriend so right on he's gotta really, keep it going that young pussy is really keeping mm. everything good all right we need to wrap this I know. up let me see what else I have I saw savages and oh. I thought it was kind of fun and a little campy and Selma Hayek is kind of um do you care do you care about Taylor Kitsch yet Yes, in this one more than the other one. All right, because one of the reviews I heard on NPR was like, it's like he's been in three huge movies this year. Yeah. And still you leave there not being able to pick him out of a lineup. This one, this one I think isn't a, as big of, I mean, it may tank at the box office, but I'm like, okay, he's, he's, it's not all over. It's not the final nail. Right. But there's an amazing moment where Blake Lively is kidnapped. Yeah. And she's been in custody for a while and she was like... Can I just have a salad, please, instead of just this pizza? And I love that Blake wow. Lively asked for a salad. Even yeah, yeah even even when as a kidnap victim, you could be dead. It's like, look, if I survive this, yeah, I, I have a reputation a to protect. Yeah, I'm Blake fucking Lively. Well, what would be the point of getting kidnapped? Yeah. and not losing a couple pounds yeah. in the process. You're gonna do that media yeah. tour when you I get know. rescued. You gotta look good for the cameras. That's right. And I liked Ted very much. It's funny as shit. Okay, did I, you see? I it? know. I really want to you see it. Um, I went with an OK Cupid date, who what? I would like to see again. Are you going to? I hope so. Well, who is it up to? Um, well, have you asked him out again? No, he's in Philadelphia this week, but he will be back. He's a doctor. Wow. He's like 51 or something. Nice. And he is... Have you only been out once? Because Twice. Yeah, because I remember when you were having your first date was when we my mother was coffee. here. We went to coffee. We went to coffee and that was the, we met and then we went to the movie. So that's we've done two things together. My, um, my mother was here last week. Yes, that was fun. And she came in uh, early in the morning, came to the taping, met Joan. Yes. And uh, Joan had to run out immediately... But we, because she, they'd had a death in the family and she had to go fly east to the funeral. Uh, but originally we were going to do this piece with Bob Mackie. And so I'd said to Joan, well, my mom's going to come because she's you know here for the day. But, you know, she won't be in the way. And Joan was like, totally cool. So when Joan had the death in the family, we had, they had to cancel the Bob Mackie piece. So now suddenly my mom and I have the whole afternoon frame. Yeah. And so uh, Joan's assistant walks up and goes, uh, Joan made a reservation for you and your mother at Spago in Beverly Hills, one o'clock. Table outside on the patio, all paid for. And so you came with us. I did. And so the three of us delightful. had lunch. That Wolfgang Puck bread. Oh, the Fuck. lavash, crispy lavash was oh, so good. And, yeah. and my mother and I both had the lobster Cobb salad. And it was yes. really good and they were nice. And it was yummy and delicious outside. Perfect. Well, then I started freaking out when you left. I was freaking out that Joan didn't know that there was going to be three. There was going to be three of us. And I didn't want Joan to get charged for three people. Like suddenly it felt like she was doing a really nice thing and I didn't want to feel like I was taking advantage. Right. And it's that thing where if you had said, look, Tony, I want to send you to lunch. It wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought twice about it if there had been three people. But when someone is really wealthy and doing something nice for you, right? there's that fear. Like it's that weird. Right. So even though I know Joan and how wonderful she is, like, it's that you have those weird moments where you're uncomfortable. Yeah. And so I was like, um, I was there when you were talking to the major really, D about it. Really? Yeah. I really like you to put one of our, you know, on a, another check. And they were like, no, Miss Rivers made the reservation for three. She knew it was going to be three people. And so I went in my email and showed them where her New York assistant, Graham, who called and set it up, emailed me and said, you have a reservation for two at one o'clock. And I showed them the email. I go, look, 
this reservation is for two people. She was not expecting three. I'm sorry, but I really have to demand that you let me pay for one of them. And they were so rude to me and so angry. Like when the guy came back, he like slammed it. My mother was really freaked out. Wow. Like they were so Because when I say you started that, that dialogue insist- and they really shut that down. And I was I'm being really nice about it, wasn't I? Like I was yeah. really like, I hope you understand. It's just that she's my boss and she was trying to do something nice, but I don't want to take advantage. And, and they were not having it. And Joan had written on a 25% tip. Yeah. And they gave me the check for one of the salads, which was like $40. And I left... I left a 50% tip on that. So they made great money by split. Like, it's not like it was inconvenient to split the check. And then like, I made it worth his 30 seconds to split that. check. Like, yeah, it's weird that they so understand why they know they were really, really nasty. Oh, that's weird. And so mom and I left both kind of feeling like, Oh, that was kind of bizarre. And then I took mom to the Botox lady and she got her, face all done and she you know likes it i've talked to her since and she's so excited and she's, that's gonna be really fun and then we went and saw million dollar quartet that night Which you liked and my mother loved it and i loved it and it was great so it was nice to have a mother sunday mother we haven't had sunday. a day alone in a long time before the show we were both sitting there we had just been botoxed with these little red dots on our faces where the needles were and we're sitting at, at delphine's across the street from the pantages having raw oysters and drinking uh champagne and our waitress was like, you look like you've had the best day, you two. And I was like, we were like, look, we just got Botox. And now we're, it was like such a dumb, like Hollywood. We went to right. lunch at Spago and then we got Botox. And now yeah. we're having champagne and oysters and seeing right. a show. So, yeah. It's fun. It was a fun day. Making memories, Dennis. Making memories that last. So there you go. That's all bitch, I got. Bitch, please. Bitch, that's please. All I, that's all I have. Did I really bitch, please? Yes. Are you, you sure want me to play the tape? I don't think you I did. would say that. No, you did. You totally said it. Oh, Believe me, there were a lot of jo- uh, The phone lines shots. lit up, Anderson. <laughs> yeah, really. And right. Andy Cohen's very upset that you didn't do it on his show. Oh, boy. Uh, which somebody referred to that show as Gay Wayne's World. Which I think is kind of funny. It totally is. <laughs> That's really funny. It is totally Gay Wayne's world. Well, you guys, right. we love you for listening. That's Check out it. our sponsors, Dr. Kiss, the world's greatest lip balm That's now right. with the brand new shiny formula. You can see those both at VanityMark.com. That's right. Check and out our friend's podcast, Linoleum Knife. That's right. It's fun times. And you can see Dennis, DennisHensley.com or on Facebook under Dennis Hensley. That's right. And you can email us uh, together at TheComedyCouch at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You, you give a lot more to follow i don't do it yeah i mean much. i tweet occasionally yeah. i try i'm trying to but it's a yeah. pain in the ass frankly yeah. um but yeah i'm at i'm at tony tripoli with no spaces and you're hensley dennis hensley dennis yeah um That's right. and then you know you can find out where i'm yes mismatch game on the fourth yes and, and home a, video gong show at outfest on now, uh mismatch is a saturday and a sunday yes and then the home video gong is Saturday when? the 21st of July. Yes, at Disney Hall's Red Cat Theater, 8.45, cocktail hour, 9.45 show. Excellent. Tom Link's going to do Zoe Deschanel, uh, which Fantastic. I can't get enough of. So there's, there's the reason to come. All, All right. right. We love you for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Well, actually, we'll talk to you in August. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>